Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to empower our guests as confident leaders by bringing topics and guests that will help you take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I have Kelly Charles Collins as my guest, and let me tell you about her. She is a keynote and award-winning TEDx speaker, retired trial attorney, and law firm partner, and author. She's often sought after as an authority in courageous conversations, unconscious bias, and women's empowerment. A transformative keynote speaker and mentor, Kelly has been featured in some of the biggest media publications and outlets, including ABC, NBC, CBS, Time.com, Forbes, Fast Company, Authority Magazine, Women's Wear Daily, Thrive Global, and more. She is also an author of Courageous, I'm sorry, Conversations Change Things and the perfect P-E-R capitalized F-E-C-T framework for courageous conversations and unapologetic. And you have AF colon 34 ways. So what does the AF stand for? You really want to know? Is it a legal term that I need to know? No, it's not legal. It's as the four-letter word that we all don't like to say. Oh, so instead of having that asterisk, well, you have an asterisk in the perfect too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, I have a book that's, um, and I have that uh, four-letter word in the title mm-hmm. of my book too. All right. Four kindred so, spirits. 34 ways to unleash your inner badass. Yep. You could have another podcast just on that book, I think. I thought today, though, um, I'd like to talk about women's empowerment. Okay, great. My audience, that's my goal is to find ways, connect women, entrepreneurs especially, with things and people that will help them grow their business and empower them so they get over that self-sabotage we always have. So please welcome... Kelly Charles Collins. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Vicki, for having me. This is going to be awesome. And as I said, we're kindred spirits. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And it's the easiest question I start with is just to let everybody know where you are calling in from. I'm in Roswell, Georgia. Where are you? I'm in Orlando, Florida, and I used to live in Johns Creek, Georgia. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. The name sounds familiar. I wonder if we've crossed paths at all. May, when huh? did you leave? Oh, we left there in 2010 or 11, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been here since 86. So. Mm. <laughs> and if you did anything with Toastmasters, you would know. Mm. <laughs> 
Awesome. So, um, Orlando, you are in the happiest place in the world, but we're, well, uh, you know, it's Florida, so we don't know about that this, <laughs> so much to, right now, but we're here. Very true. We're here. So let's just kind of get right into that. When we talk about women's empowerment, um, I mentioned earlier that women often have um, issues with self-esteem, obviously self-confidence, why it, which I try to focus on. And um, they have that inner argument with themselves constantly. So how do you help a woman get over that to really understand the power that she possesses? Yes, that's a great question. So for me, I really um, have women think about themselves from their core. I, I used to do um, fitness bikini competitions. And one of the things... <laughs> years ago. And yeah. one of the things that, um, you know, my trainer would always work on is the core, right? Like make sure that when you're doing yeah. any type of workout, they're always saying like, you know, your core, your core. And so I always talk to women about just really honing in on the belief that yeah. we're powerful at our core. Because I think when, when we start to say to people, like you're, you're strong and you can do the things that doesn't really give you a lot. But if I think about myself as being powerful at my core, what I'm saying to you is not that things will not rock you, mm -hmm. right? Not that things are always going to be the best, but when your core is solid, when you think of yourself as just being internally this powerful mm -hmm. being, that though they'll rock you, they're not going to knock you down, right? It's like the weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Why? Because there's something that's holding them there. Yeah. And so I always try to think, you know, talk to women that I, that I work with about that, like really understanding that now to get there, there has to be a clarity mm. about who you are. So we're often chasing confidence, yeah. but confidence, I believe comes through clarity. Yeah. And so we have to get very clear about who we are in the world and who we want to be, not what everybody else has said, not what society has said about us and, you know, what we should be and who we should be and when we should shut up and when we should shine our light, when we should dim, mm -hmm. but who do we truly, truly want to be in the world and how do we want to show up every single day? So I think once we get that clarity, then that will increase our confidence and our courage to just stand, right? And be who we are. And so that core starts to get really strengthened so that when the things that happen to us on a daily basis, on a yearly basis that, yeah. you know, just shake us, right? know that we're still going to be okay. Yeah. And that's so true. And, and I think core is just a wonderful way to kind of describe that. And the, the life that we live, whether we're an entrepreneur or a housewife or a person that's working, um, whether management or not, you, you have to do things that are hard. Yeah. And having your core strength is really a way that you can. And there are times where you will fall, mm -hmm. but do you get back up? Yeah. And I think that's, again, where the core strength really comes in. And I love that you talk about courage. I talk about that all the time as, mm -hmm. as a way that you get confidence because um, you really, I think a lot of us go through life risk averse mm -hmm. because we're afraid of, of being afraid, afraid of fear and um, still have that caveman, <laughs> you know, fear of fear and, 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 uh, the courage sometimes gets squashed down quite yeah. a lot. 
And, and the thing, you know, as a parent too, um, how you react to those things you're teaching your kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the things that we do, the things that we say, mm-hmm. right. We're always saying, you know, do what I do as I say, not as I do, but they're watching all of it. Kids yeah. watch all of it. And it's funny that you say that, um, what you just said this morning, um, I was brushing my teeth and I was thinking to myself about sales, right. And just like, that I don't really love the whole sales process. And I was like, where did that fear come from? Because when I was a little girl, I would go out and you know how they would give us those, um, I can't think of the name, oh, the Scholastic. You know, we oh, had to go out yeah. and sell all the, we had to sell all the little magazines and books yes. and the wrapping paper. And <laughs> I did not care. Like I would go knock on anybody's door. Like I would sell that stuff and sell it and all kinds of stuff, SNH, green stamps, like all the stuff. And then I, I was like, so where does that fear come from, come from? So you were saying like, you know, the fear of the fear and it's like the fear, sometimes it's the fear of succeeding, the fear of being, you know, who we are way beyond um, anything that, yeah. you know, anybody could, could think of. And it's, it's such a, it's such an interesting phenomenon that as we get older and, you know, they say when you know better, you do better, but mm-hmm. it seems like when we know more, we fear more and we don't like take as many chances oh, yeah. and take those risks, but everyone's watching us. I, I went to a conference this, um, to, to see some people at a conference this weekend and I was talking to one of my friends and, you know, people were just like coming by and saying hi and saying like, oh, you know, I've seen that you've been doing this. I've been watching you. And people don't necessarily say anything, but people are watching right and so just like the kids are watching people in your circle your friends are watching your employers are watching your employees are watching and so we have to show up in this you know powerful obviously it's not every day but we we have to be mindful that however we're showing up in the world somebody's watching yeah for sure absolutely so how do you create or cultivate a safe inclusive and accountable culture and I think that maybe have to be unpacked for each of the different yeah. things, but, you know, it, it's in the world that we live in. Um, I, I don't know that it's really any different than the sixties that I grew up in. It's just, it's more there in your face than we had, you know, with only three channels. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and now people feel more comfortable saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah. Right. And so when mostly when I talk about safe, inclusive, accountable cultures, it's around corporate spaces, right? So I talk about like unconscious bias and Mm -hmm. bystander intervention and courageous conversations, but those things also lead into women. So when I retired from the practice of law in 2019 and starting, you know, right before the pandemic, one of the things that I created was a community called Ladies Who Leverage. And the reason I created that was to create a safe space for women that was inclusive, that yeah. they could, you know, ask for what they wanted, ask for what they needed, ask questions that they, where they didn't feel judged or felt stupid. Mm. But I think in order to do that, you really have to set boundaries mm. when you're talking about creating safe spaces and talking about creating inclusive spaces. And if you're responsible for creating that space and you have to model what it is that you're Mm. trying to get other people to do. Mm. And so when I created that space, I created it with safety in mind so that women could come in, women, those who identify, 
could come into that space and feel that they could now ask the questions that they may not feel comfortable asking somewhere else, right? Because maybe you're a lawyer or a doctor or you're a housewife or whatever. And and you think, well, if I ask that, they're going to be like, well, you should already know that. Like, why don't you know that? Like, why aren't you this far along with, right? All of those things. And because I don't love traditional networking, it was my way of bringing women together in a space where I'm like, okay, you can cut out all the fluff. Just ask what you need. Like if you, if you need a resource, if you need expertise, if you need a referral, if you need a job, (laughs) <laughs> right. If you need a client, just ask. Right. And and we'll get to know each other in the process. So I coined this term called collabosourcing, which, oh, was, which was to leverage your expertise, resources and relationships to build your business, your brand and your badassery. And that <laughs> is how we worked within within the community. And so we our motto was we don't compete, we collabosource so that oh. the women understood that we could be doing the same thing. We could have the same type of client base, but not everybody's for everybody. So we can still share. We can still ask questions. You can still put things out there and not be afraid that people are going to steal it from you, right? Mm -hmm. Or go go harm you in some way. So I think it's really just creating those boundaries and being the model of the behavior that you expect to see. Yeah. I know whenever I talk with people about the fact that there are so many coaches out there that, that do the same thing that I do. And, but it's really not, people don't buy your product or your service, they buy you. And so you need to show up authentically and be comfortable in as who you are. And, you know, if they don't want to work with you, it's not that they're never going to get improvement they're just going to find somebody that they resonate better with yeah and, and you know not, not everybody's going to love you so sorry no. and you don't love them either right that's exactly you, right like <laughs> I have a no no jerks rule too yeah it's funny when I lived in um Atlanta I had a wedding and event planning business and so I used to mentor other wedding planners and I would I would speak at like you know some of our like meetings that we would have and I would teach them different things and they would say to me, I can't believe you're telling us all this. I said, I could tell you every single thing that's in my brain. You will never in life be able to do it the way that I do it. You'll yeah. never be able to say yeah. it the way I, I say it. So it doesn't matter. I can tell you everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that is so true. And, you know, I have four different coaches, but each of them brings something different to the table, but all of them kind of teach the same thing overall overarching but you know they just have certain specialties and that's that I need yeah Um, so you just have to find especially to be uh, impactful I have to trust you Mm -hmm. you know I I have to be able to be vulnerable in front of you cry in front of you yes tell you embarrassing things about what I did and screwed up in my business and, and know that it won't that. end up on Facebook and TikTok right, right. and that's, Instagram. That's the in- integrity and the yes. trust factor. And there, there are just some people that you meet them and you know, they just need this income. They, they're just doing this for another zero in the end of their balance sheet. Yeah. And, and that's not a person that I would want to work with. Absolutely. So what about um, those I love it. Courageous conversations. And, and there's so many different types of conversations. Whenever I teach public speak, public speaking, one of my coins is that 
it's just a conversation. So, yeah. You know, and, but, you know, whenever we have those difficult conversations uh, or courageous conversations, we tend to avoid them. <laughs> so talk about the pros and cons uh, or, or the do's and don'ts maybe yeah. of a courageous conversation. Yeah. So first let's just talk about, you know, what is a courageous conversation? Cause some people may not know what we're referring to. So when I talk about courageous conversations, what I'm talking about is having a conversation about a difficult topic or a sensitive topic. So those topics that are going to raise people's emotions, right. And get maybe some, your, it's fear. It might be anger. Mm-hmm. It might be mistrust, whatever it is, but there's the emotional confusion. Too. I mean- confusion. Yep behind behind the topic that needs to be discussed. And so because of that, you know, you were talking about people being risk adverse. A lot of people are also, they don't like confrontation. So they're yeah. averse to that. And they're averse to having a conversation that may um, illuminate something about them. Or it may, you know, cause a disruption in a family structure, an employment setting may cause you to lose a friend, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so we don't necessarily want to confront those types of things. Now you have people like me who are attorneys who are like, yeah, let's go. It's confrontation. Let's go, right? Yeah, I live for this. (laughs) (laughs) But also though, thinking about trying to take a step back and really thinking about these conversations as just that, like a conversation and mm-hmm. not a confrontation, right? Because when we hear difficult, when we hear hard, then we think, oh, this is just going to be like, I got to go in there and I got to fight. No, you don't, yeah. right? <laughs> in these conversations, just make sure it's just a conversation. It's just about a difficult subject. So yeah. now how do we tackle that subject? Mm-hmm. And first things first is, Oftentimes when we have these things, we have a lot of things we want to tell people, like, I need to tell you about this and that, right? And and because we've let them build up over yeah, time. Yeah. So if you, once you get the courage to have these conversations, one of the things to do is just really focus in, like, what is that one thing that I want to talk to about to this person about right now, right? And then think about why this conversation, why with this person, why about this topic, yeah. why now? Right. And that's really tied to the women empowerment, because a lot of times you, you want to just like, okay, well, they are, whether it's male or a stronger woman than you, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just not going to push this. I know it's wrong. I know in my heart that I'm right, or that I have the better way to do things, but I just will let them walk all over me. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we're talking about our core, right, going back to our core, that's something that we have to, that is also part of the muscle, right, of building the muscle of understanding that no, what I have to say is valuable. It does not mean that that person's going to agree with me. So when I'm having this conversation, it's a dialogue. So it's an exchange of information and exchange of ideas to come to an understanding, not necessarily agreement. The agreement could be, or the understanding could be, we agree to disagree. But you are now in a space that you all have created together. So co-created this space. We're back to the whole thing about safety, right? And being inclusive that everyone gets to communicate, right? And communicate their positions, communicate their position in a respectful way. And so thinking about, you know, I always tell people like the bookends of these conversations, um, like within the perfect framework, there are three phrases prepare, engage, reflect, but in the preparation phase, right, two of the bookends in there are 
to figure out what is the intention. So what is the purpose for me having this conversation? And then what is the objective? How do I want to feel after this? How do I want to leave that person feeling? If we know those two things, it will help to direct the tone and the tenor of the conversation. So as we start to engage in the conversation and we're focused in on this one issue and we're remembering that this is a dialogue and not a debate and we're minding our manners inside of the conversation, once that conversation is done and we're ready to reflect on what has happened in the conversation, we'll know, okay, great. I learned some information. Here's what I'm not going to do. Yeah. I'm not going to take that information and now create collateral damage. I'm not going to put that information out into the world because it was confidential. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to then just hold it and be like, oh, I'm going to hold this until yeah, I can use it against you right? at yeah. some later point. But rather what we're going to do is take that information in. We're going to analyze the information, really look at it. Do Are there some adjustments that we need to make? Are there some changes that I need to make? I need to follow up, right? What do I need to do now that I've had this conversation and I need to have another conversation, whether with this person or another person and continue to have them so that these conversations are just conversations. They're not like, oh my gosh, this hard thing, this difficult conversation. That's why I always say it's a conversation about a difficult issue to take it away from the actual conversation being difficult and actually placing it where it should be placed, which is on the issue that's mm. difficult. It's not the conversation that's difficult. And I think I know that um, whenever you get in those kind of courageous conversations, there the open-ended questioning is really necessary and, and keep on asking why or just to get gain understanding and and the other person, so if you're the person that's on the receiving end of that, sometimes that can feel uncomfortable. I just think, you know, I'm telling you why, mm-hmm. but it's it's really, I need to be sure that I'm 100% understanding your point of view, what your really your motivation is and all that. And that's what all these questions are. Not that I'm trying to trip you up or yeah. challenge you. And I yeah. think, and so our tone and mm-hmm. that going back to what I do for a living, <laughs> but our tone is really important that when we ask those questions, we do it in a way that has empathy, mm-hmm. that really shows that we are trying to understand more and, and um, get clarity, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And, and in that, in that vein, also listening, right. And being an active listener, I always talk about not trying to double Dutch because in conversations, we're always, we're double Dutching, like, when's my turn? When's my turn to get in, right. To jump into the rope so I can say what I, what I want to say. And, you know, actively listening to be able to ask those questions and, you know, why sometimes can put people on the defensive because they think that you're questioning them. So I always tell people like when, when we're talking about things like this, especially like when I talk about microaggressions, right. And people will say, well, why can't I ask that question? It's not the question. It's the questioning. So it's the questioning of their response or right that that causes people to be you know give you a little side eye so you know really thinking about what is the question that you're asking and so maybe like when you're if you're asking a why question so that you're not just always saying why you know maybe saying something like you know what I'm hearing you say is this Mm -hmm. and so I want to know you know is that what you're saying and why is you know why do you feel that way why what is it about such and such that has you think this so really let them know that you've heard them 
and this is your interpretation yeah. and that when I'm asking why or what, what I'm seeking is clarification. I'm not questioning your response. Yeah. We can't say like we did it as parents because I said so. Right. <laughs> Even though discussion. you want to sometimes. End of discussion. Right. Because <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> oh, no, I just don't. We are not going there, sir. <laughs> All right. So, um, Let's talk about some more about the women's leadership and empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm all about women's leadership, and I think that is what's going to make our world a better place and why I do what I do now in my retirement. So let's first talk about women's leadership and where you think um, we may be going and how mm-hmm. we can maybe make things better, and then um, how empowerment plays a big role in that. So obviously there's, you know, there's big, big pushes around women. Some of it is to restrict us, right? And some of it, you know, just in the the space of women and women supporting women is this real push to push women forward. Mm -hmm. But I also think that in those two things, there's a little bit of a crossover because we often fear as women that there's only a finite number of spaces, Mm -hmm. And so when we get into those spaces, so even though like we have in our minds, like, yes, women empowerment and take up spaces and like, yeah, we need to push women forward. It's like, okay, great. I got pushed forward and now I have this space and now I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, now if I pull somebody in, does that push me out? Mm -hmm. Right. And so while we have this whole thing about, yes, we're going to empower women, we're going to pull women in. Is it really, because are we really looking over here at all the things that are trying to restrict us and allowing that to cause us not to be full force in, in the the real push for women's Mm -hmm. empowerment? And then as we're empowering women, who are we empowering? Are we only empowering women who look like us, Mm -hmm. right? Are we still afraid, right? There's always this, um, there's always this tension, right? And we have to be real about this. There's always this tension between white women and black women, Mm -hmm. right? And so oftentimes when we're talking about women and we're talking about women's empowerment, it's not specifically related to black women, right? Right. There is a, there is a um, kind of general understanding that this is around white women. And then when, you know, people raise their voices like, oh no, but you're included too. Yeah. I just just interviewed an Asian, um, person who was a CP or CEO. And that is even a further minority. Right. And so I think that's the other thing. When we start to have these conversations about women's empowerment, and when we talk about diversity and how diversity has really benefited white women over other women, we have to be, we just have to get really, really real about these conversations and be honest about these conversations. And then we also have to be honest about when we're having a conversation about women's empowerment and you have Black women, Latino women, Asian women who create communities Mm -hmm. where they're focused, right, on women who look like them and Mm -hmm. really pushing them forward and empowering them that we don't get the pushback about, well, why aren't we included? Right. And so then that causes the another rift 
So the, the whole women's empowerment movement can't really get to where it needs to go because there's always these undercurrents about, you know, being inclusive or exclusive. And I always tell people, if you hear me talking about like black women, you hear me calling them out. It's because it, there's a focus. It's not an exclusion, it's a focus. Right. And so I think as women, we have to get really clear about that, that there are points where we're talking about women as a whole. And then there are points where we have to then just really work together to focus so that we can pull everybody together. Right. Uh, you know, I just remember all my years as um, school age. And even now, if you go in networking, the clicks just kind of mm -hmm. create a barrier and and it's not intentional um in the networking piece but it still creates that that barrier that adds to the fear that makes you not feel um comfortable if you will um i i just think we need to think like men sometimes in the sense that a man doesn't go there and think oh well you know, I'm, I'm not going to try for this job because of color of skin or, or education or anything. They, they just go for it. Mm -hmm. And we just need, that's where I love the badass. <laughs> mm -hmm. We just need to be badass about it and say, why wouldn't I go for that? But I think even there, and Vicki, we also have to be clear about that too. That's usually white men. Right, because black men, Asian men, Latino men do have oh, that, some of those trepidations. That, that is very honest, that right? Is very true. And so I think that, and that's why I say like these conversations. I love having these types of conversations because I think it's really important, mm -hmm. and for people to not be afraid to call a thing a thing, right? Mm -hmm. I think in that fear of like just I, mean, I don't want to say that part. No, just say it because it right, it is what it is, it and is, then we yeah. can talk about it. Then we can mm -hmm. address it, and then we can ask these questions about well, why do you feel like that? Like, what is it about the experiences that you've had that will cause you to believe that? Okay, great. Let me explain this to you. Let me mm -hmm. tell you what has happened to me, right? As a black woman lawyer, let me explain to you what has happened to me as a black woman lawyer. Why mm -hmm. I tell say to you that my experience as a lawyer is different from my white female colleagues, my white male colleagues, right? And so there can then be a discussion yeah. from a, a, a point of real information as opposed to an assumption or just discounting because it's never happened to you. And you can't ever get to um, that place that we need to get to unless you have those discussions. That's right. You know, the conversations the, change. The, the world will never change and, and there it will still always be a battle unless we have those conversations yeah absolutely absolutely and it's not easy <laughs> no, it isn't easy it, you it know it's not easy. easy but you know you know and and if i am mm -hmm. honest um as a white woman who completely agrees with what you're saying sometimes i'm not except what i'm saying that is sometimes not really well you're just saying that to to I don't know stand out or whatever and it's like but no this is what I truly yeah and just say believe you know and, and and it's kind of like frustrating sometimes yeah and you just have to be listen we have to be you know we have to be the more outspoken because yeah. in general the one yeah, people do. who want um there to be this unity and for people and to change. just be right and just live mm -hmm. I think are the majority I believe that in my heart that we're the majority However, we're like the silent majority because we're so afraid. So we've given now the power, yeah, right, 
to the minority to be able to just treat people the way that they feel like saying whatever they want to say, hold women back, do whatever, right? We've given them the power because in our silence lies complicity. Yeah, so if we don't say anything, then they're like, oh, well, we can just keep doing it. Either they agree with it or they're too scared to say anything. So we're just going to keep going. And so then we're all sitting back like, no, like, no, this is not. Yeah, what- because um, a, a silence in, in a sale means it's a, a no. But if you have silence in trying to make a change, it's a no. You're not going to make a change. Yeah. So we yeah. have to just speak up. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and when people question you, you don't have to. I always tell people I watch what people do more than I listen to what they say. Right. Mm-hmm. Because your actions will betray your words. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're a person, Vicky, who's saying, you know, and you're saying to people, don't even worry about if they question you, the way that you show up in the world will speak way more voluminous and more volume than anything mm-hmm. that then, you know, you saying, or you trying to, con- I don't even try to convince people. Like mm-hmm. it is what it is. So just watch. Right. You know, right. what, what's his name? Um, The singer, <laughs> he says, don't believe me, just watch. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, forget his name. Uh, I know why well, I have seen your brain sometimes. So. <laughs> I'm not good at that. So this is the next question, and we're running out of time, but um, positioning yourself as an expert in authority. Um, I, I have a talk next week that I'll, I'm part of called Action Talks, and, and one of the things that they're going to be talking about is, is positioning yourself mm-hmm. as the authority. And um, we have so many platforms now to be able to do that more so than whenever I was coming up into the world. Um, talk about um, how we can do that effectively. Okay. Through your First voice. thing you have to know, what is it that you're an authority yeah, in? That's true. Right. <laughs> and sometimes people don't, they think that, oh, I'm not an authority in anything. And then you talk to them. And you're like, you're brilliant. <laughs> So first is doing an assessment of who, again, who are you and who do you want to be in the world? So what is the impact that you want to create? And do you have the chops to do that? Right. Because oftentimes we want to talk about things and you don't have the chops to do that. Mm -hmm. And when I say the chops, it's not necessarily that you have a PhD or a JD or anything like that. Do you have, it could be that the professional experience, the educational experience, the the personal experience where your knowledge is deep, not wide. Mm -hmm. Right. So oftentimes people will have a breadth of knowledge as opposed to a depth of knowledge. And then like, who do you want to communicate this Mm. information to? Like, who is it that you're trying to transform? And do you really understand what it is that they desire? So what is their Mm. problem? And what is it that you, they, they desire? Mm. And are you the person (laughs) to be able Mm. to get them that transformation? And so, you know, really understanding those things. And then to your point about there being so many platforms, right? Where are they though, right? Where are those people? And Mm -hmm. where are they making the decisions that relate to what you need to do? So if it's a buying decision, where are those people making buying decisions? So for example, somebody asked me today, if I'm on, if I'm on TikTok, yes, I'm on TikTok, but you know, I'm on TikTok for entertainment. Yeah, I'm not on there to find a coach. I'm not on there to, uh, I did buy a juicer. I will say that. Did buy a <laughs> juicer because of TikTok. But I'm not on there to make like business decisions, yeah. right? Me either. So, right. So if I'm, if 
So if you're trying to get me to hire you as a coach or you won't find me on TikTok. <laughs> now you may find me on Facebook. I may, you know, be interested in your content around that on Facebook or on LinkedIn, but I'm not on IG for that. I'm not on TikTok for that. So you also have to figure out where they are and where they're making the decision mm-hmm. that is related to your call to action. Yeah. And then you got to show up and you have yeah. to show up in a way that you are the authority. It's funny, I'm getting ready to do um, a three-day authority elevation workshop because it's really important. It's something that I work with my clients on about once you have this talk that we help you create, now people have to know. People yeah. have to know who you are. And so, you know, how do you do that in a way that's intentional and strategic so that it gets across the point and you're not just showing up and just saying any random thing to any random people on any random platform. And then you're like, well, why didn't that work? Yeah. Because. And and I think, you know, whenever you know what you know, I, I, I think the best things are the things that I hate to say passionate about, but but things I've lived there, done that and, um, and had the pain (laughs) and survived. And so you have that story to tell Mm -hmm. that people can resonate with, but a lot of people I think don't take time to reflect when they decide they want to go in business, you know, who they are and why, why do you want to do what you want to do? What is that, that desire that, you know, keeps you up at night that you need to, to deal with? Yeah. And why should other people care about it? There's a lot of them, right? A lot of people who are thought leaders, what they want to do and elevating their authority is for somebody to pay them, right? Either to speak on a stage or to do Mm -hmm. corporate training. So yes, great. Why, you know, we, and then we dig deep. We do the whole whys, you know, keep going till sometimes they're crying, but it's because (laughs) we're getting to the place where we need to get to, but why do you want to do that? But I always tell them that like in the money matrix, the money is at the level of why. So why do you want to do it? But why should somebody else care enough to want to pay you? Yeah. To, and I think a lot it. of times people think uh, they spend too much time on the what's mm-hmm. and even the how before and they the even how. establish the why and the pain. Yep. And, the, and the why is a differentiator, yeah. right? So I had a comp, I had a, um, I had submitted a proposal once and it was a six figure proposal and the client ended up choosing me. And he said, listen, you were not the lowest. He said, but I, when I spoke to you, I understood that this was something that you just don't do, that this, this means something to you. Like this is a part of who you are, a part of your life. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we, we chose you because it wasn't just a job. And so, yes, that why is like where your differentiator comes from because you know, who else doesn't have that? The what and the how. Everybody, everybody's right. got, everybody's got that. There's you know, nothing new under the sun. Tons of people teach public speaking. That's to, right. And tons of people teach leadership, but it, you know, the reason I teach what I teach, it has a, a big why behind right. it. And it will direct what it is that you talk about. It'll direct the yeah. point of view from which you, because that's the other differentiator, right? Your point of view. We yeah. all are talking about the same things. We're not creating anything new no, under the no, sun, right? Mm-hmm. But it's how do, like, what is our point of view on how we deliver that message, right? The way that you teach public speaking is completely different than the way that I teach it and, right. and the point of view from which I teach it, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, like for me, like my why around, um, you know, teaching speaking and teaching women how to develop their talks, I teach men too, but how to develop their talks is because I have a real aversion 
to women's value being erased. Yeah. Right. And I believe that not having that talk and understanding your true value is mm. allowing you to be complicit in that erasure. Mm. And so I have I have decided to do what I need to do. So I developed my program to address the why for me. So that's how I teach. Same thing with you, Vicky. Like you have a why. And so you've developed whatever it is that you're doing in your programs to address, right? Mm. To be able to use and leverage that why to get them the transformation that they need. Yeah, to get to be the, those confident people that I want you That's to That's right. <laughs> it, it, we could probably talk for days. Forever. For days and days. <laughs> but it is really time for us to wrap this up and show your screen uh, the slide that has all your contact information. If you have been at all moved or um, what she has said it has resonated with you, please take a moment if you are just listening to grab that paper and pencil to get her website information. But all this information will be on my YouTube and my website if you did not have time to do this. So those that are just listening, her website is https colon forward slash forward slash kellycharlescollins.com. Again, kellycharlescollins.com. She is on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram using her name. Um, primarily though, you want to go to her website and LinkedIn, but I'll let her talk to you what you would find on those two locations. So on my website, you will find all of my programs, how I serve corporations, how I serve individuals. Um, you'll be able to link to all of the, the different programs that I do on my LinkedIn. You'll find my thoughts. <laughs> so, um, I'm always posting, you'll see, um, highlights of when I've been speaking somewhere, what, you know, testimonials, um, I have a newsletter. And so you'll hear thought leadership. We were talking about thought leadership. That's where you'll find a lot of my thought leadership is on LinkedIn. But if you just want to know who I am and watch videos of me and see what people have to say about me, et cetera you go to my um, kellycharlescollins.com. Very good. Awesome. Well, it has been just really wonderful talking to you. I'm, I, I've enjoyed it immensely and I definitely would um, be sure to follow you and have you back again where we can talk a little bit more about some um, other topics that we couldn't get to today, especially uh, that 34 ways to unleash yeah. your inner badass. I think that will be a great next time to it talk together. Awesome. So um, thank you again. And as I always tell everybody to remember that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.